0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Compass Teachers Show. I'm your host, Stephen. My job is to interview teachers around the world and tease out their teaching tactics, education research, or tools they use. Hopefully, this show can offer some ideas for you to experiment in your classroom. (coughs) Today, our amazing guest is Rebecca Chambers. Rebecca is a high school teacher in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Her goal as a teacher was to make the classroom a place where students could feel good about who they were, gain self-confidence, and to know what she cared about them. She also wanted to make it a place where students were engaged and could get out of their seats to learn the material. She's a founder of Unlearning Academy, an online community connected schools for the next generation of social change makers. Today I'm really excited to talk with Rebecca, and then more on her unlearning journey. Rebecca, thank you for coming to our show. Thank you so much for having me. So I learned that when you started teaching, you followed very traditional ways of teaching. But in 2011, Sir Ken Robinson's really popular tech talk, Do Schools skill Creativity, changed you. Why and how did Sir Ken Robinson's talk inspire you?
1: That's a really good question and a, a question I get a lot. And uh, as I've kind of gone through and really thought about this, this question, um, I have to say that definitely I was in the beginning teaching in a very traditional manner. I started in uh, 2003 and um, I got into teaching, I think, for, for different reasons than some teachers. Uh, I was not a fantastic student and I did not love my high school experience. There were things about it that I did love. Um, but but looking back uh, when this looking at the school part, uh, I always, you know, I did OK, I did fine, um, but I always kind of wanted to do things my own way. And that just never really fit in the box. It was that's nice. That's a great idea. But that's not what we're looking for. So um I also, I think as I went through high school, I, um, I struggled a little bit and never really felt as though I was smart. Uh, and I, I'm doing air quotes um, because, you know, what we define as smart in traditional school is uh, not my definition of smart anymore. Um, anyway, so when I got into teaching, I really felt as though right from the get go, I wanted to change things for students like myself um i wanted like it says in my write up there uh i really wanted to focus on you know that relationship piece and confidence building cuz my philosophy at the beginning was if i can make somebody feel good about who they are and what they bring to the world uh then i think i've done my job but but i did i did really uh deliver my material in a very traditional way because that's that's what i knew and and when i went through teachers college that's what i you know prepared um Anyway, so I tried to make things a little bit more entertaining and to, like it says, get get us out of our seats and moving around. Um, But then I did see Sir Ken Robinson's um, TED Talk. And it really was, I I would have to say, my aha moment, um, where it was the first time that somebody was saying out loud, I think, everything that I had been feeling, um, but didn't even realize it. And when I saw it, I just said, all right, you know what? Enough is enough. Uh, what I'm doing right now is is really not helping these students. It's not preparing them um, as as I'm supposed to be for, for the world that they're going to live in. And so it was at that point, it was a, a huge pivot. Um, I started to do all kinds of research, you know, looked into obviously Sir Ken and his, his thoughts and it just kind of, snowballed from there. And, and I just found so many amazing progressive educators uh, from around the world. Uh, I joined Twitter, which was was uh, transformative. Um, it gave me the opportunity to connect with people from all over the world and see what they were doing. Um, and then I just started to, to change um, the way that, that I did things in my classroom.
0: Great. Yeah, I really love how you uh, get your learnings into actions. So since then, you advocated the on learning with us movement. I'm curious about how a learning process looked like in your own journey.
1: Yeah, so that's what I was uh, talking about. There is, um, it really opened my eyes to the fact that I can no longer stand at the front and be the um, keeper of all knowledge. Uh, so that was in 2011, and obviously, you know, technology has changed dramatically you know from when i was in high school but even in my own career you know when i started in 2003 i remember using web quests and they were really cool like the kids could go on and you know follow these different things online and it it kind of took you through this quest and that was cool but that was kind of the technology that that was there um and just how everything progressed so quickly um I too needed to sort of really dive into what, what kind of way can I progress in my own classroom. And um, I came across uh, educators like uh, Alan November. Um, he was kind of in the beginning. I also had an amazing, um, not that he was my superintendent at the time, but I had had the opportunity to attend a conference Uh, within our board called lead the way and uh, Peter Gamwell was a superintendent in our board um, and he spoke and it really resonated with me his focus he's written a book um, in the last little while called the wonder wall and it's all about you know finding the brilliance in every child and and helping them um, just pursue what they want to be learning and, and using that brilliance um, so yeah, so it was just this, it was, it was bouncing from one educator to the next, to the next, um, looking at, you know, progressive schools around the world. Um, there was something I came across in, uh, Massachusetts, uh, It was called the independent school where the kids had, uh, uh, created a school within a school. And so I really jumped into that and I tried some things out in my classroom and, uh, And then I met, uh, where else did I, I I came across another school called Iowa Big and really loved what they were doing. Um, I visited uh, a private school here in in Ottawa called Blue Sky School and uh, another educator from our board who had kind of branched out and uh, decided to open up her own school and really got a lot of information uh, through what she was doing. And yeah, and then every time I kind of came across someone, I would, you know, contact them and have conversations. And, uh, and then I would come back. And I mean, there's a group of students who now are in their uh, second year out of high school. And I uh, definitely call them my guinea pigs, because they never knew what was coming next. We were always experimenting with something, some new way of learning and some new way of connecting with community and, and and all those things and it was just so the unlearning process for me was the the reading and the the gradual release of what i under, understood school to be um and re- really reimagining what i wanted it to look like by you know taking snippets from all these different people um that i had come across
0: i see that sounds lots of effort to do this unlearning process, but I think we can get deeper to know how a teacher can start it. But before we doing that, I'm curious about what did you see the transformation in your students before and after the unlearning process? If there's a story that you can share, that would be great as you can give us a deeper understanding of that.
1: Yeah, I think Um, so for people to understand what it is that I do is I moved away from, we're all going to do this to what do you want to do and how can I support you individually? Um, and so seeing that shift, uh, I mean, one of the biggest things was, you know, when you're teaching 30 kids, I can pick out whatever I think is the most interesting thing from the, the curriculum. Um, and as I teach those different sort of snippets in, in the curriculum, you know, you might have four or five kids out of that 30 that are really interested in that particular topic. And then you move on to another one and then maybe you have a different four or five that are interested in that specific topic. And so then you have like three quarters of your class that are just, just kind of going through the motions. Um, so making that transformation to more of a personalized learning experience, um, Not that I would say that everyone was 100% engaged in my classes when I made the switch, but it it was kind of the first time ever where they were all getting the opportunity to really dive into things that, that they really were more interested in in the curriculum. Well, you know, maybe I'm learning, you know, I taught grade 10 history and maybe I'm really into warfare and I want to dive really deep into that. But maybe the person beside me really wants to learn about women's rights. Um, And then the person beside that wants to look at other social justice movements. And, you know, it was just it was really interesting to 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 watch them really get to have the opportunity to to learn the curriculum. But in a way that uh, they were more engaged because they wanted to dive further into a specific topic and they still had the opportunity to also learn the other stuff that I would have taught because the person beside them was doing something. And there were a lot of great conversations uh, about curriculum that I, as the teacher, wasn't the expert anymore. There were different people in the room who became the experts and they would share uh, the different things. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I do, I, I have lots of different examples of, of kids. Um, uh, One specifically Oh, I don't even know which one to pick. Um, One student uh, really didn't, yeah, one student really didn't love school. And I had the opportunity to uh, teach him for three years in a row. And uh, when I work with my students in the beginning, they're very confused. Uh, uh, You know, when I ask them in grade 10, you know, okay, well, what is it that you want to learn? And what are you passionate about? What do you care about? And often it's just like, well, I don't know. I've never been asked that. And just tell me what what I should be learning. Um, so uh, I teach the social sciences, and so this this boy, for his entire three years that he he was with me, he really delved deeper into the education system. Um, and so it didn't matter what course he was he was taking. He was a huge advocate for the fact that. You know, you could be learning in so many different places, but, but unfortunately, we don't value all of that type of learning. He was a self-taught uh, hobby mechanic, and uh, between the ages of grade 10 to grade 12, uh, he bought and sold cars, dirt bikes, uh, snowmobiles, side-by-sides that he would go on YouTube and learn how to fix them. And uh, and then sell them, and he was making money uh, doing this. And you know, often he was told in classes that he wasn't a great student, and you know, he wouldn't be going anywhere. And I mean, I saw this this young man who was uh, who loved learning, um, but just in a, in a totally different way and using different skills. Um, but one of the coolest things for for him was that I was asked to speak at uh, a PD day. Um, for all the English teachers in our in our board, and he came and was so passionate about this topic and had done so much research uh, that he came and be he was my co presenter, um, and he spoke to you know a couple hundred English teachers and and gave his perspective and really opened up the eyes of of a lot of a lot of people. So it was really cool to watch this kid who had kind of been deemed a really bad student. Uh, getting up in front of all of these people and, and uh, sharing his knowledge and his experience.
0: So if a teacher wants to start on learning journey, how they can take the first step? And I believe that you have lots of stumbles before in your experience. So what advice you would give teachers so that they can start out more smoothly?
1: Yeah, I think there's two big things. Like the first is that you have to have an open mind. Um, you have to, and 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 this isn't going to happen overnight. That's that's definitely something that you you need to understand because even myself, somebody who got into teaching already knowing that they wanted to change things, it still took me a while to move away from. Uh, Really, there, there's, there was this ingrained feeling that if I don't give a test, then I'm not a good teacher. Um, so I think it's sort of having that open mind, finding those other people who are who are doing things differently and and li- and listening. Um, oftentimes um, educators are not necessarily open to to listening to new ways of doing things. So that would be sort of my first advice. Um, the second thing is kind of going back to that. This isn't going to happen overnight. Um, my unlearning journey, I think I, you know, I've been teaching for 17 years. I think it's been ongoing since day one. And I think it's going to continue until I'm well. I, I, can, I see myself as a lifelong learner. So I, I, I think it's going to continue for a long time. Um, but just try something. You know, you don't have to overnight be this teacher where, you know, you're doing 100% passion-based uh, individualized projects because that is extremely overwhelming. Um, but the, the way I did it was each year I just kind of I got an inspiration and I tried one thing out around kind of all the other stuff that I, I was comfortable with. Um, and it's also for the kids too because you can't just – throw it at them right away because they're so used to sort of the traditional way. Um, but if you can take one thing and try it, that's, that to me would be sort of your, your starting point. Um, and as you, as you go through it, understand and be okay with failure, um, because it's not all going to work. It's not all going to be perfect. Um, but you won't know unless you try.
0: So Rebecca, um, you, I believe you have tried lots of different teaching methods. But, so what are the few uh, ways you tried that you found really useful?
1: Uh, like I said, the traditional sort of deliver material, have the students do you know, a project or a test, uh, do lessons. Um, and that, I mean, that is what teachers know how to do. Uh, But I've evolved into this, uh, I guess you could say 100% passion-based project um, classroom. And it has, again, been trial and error on how to, because this is so different. I don't collect 30 papers or 30 tests or 30 assignments and then go home and mark them and then hand them back. You know, because that was kind of the routine. That's what what I know, and that's what most teachers know. So now I'm more of a project manager, and I've had to have conversations with friends of mine who are actual project managers in um, you know the government. And so um, it's it's been a learning process, and it's not finished. Uh, but I've found ways effective ways to give feedback uh, using Google Forms. Um, you know, the one-on-one conversations are, are so valuable. Um, but you still have to be able to document stuff and, uh, making this transition to at home learning and the online learning that actually really helped for me because I could record our sessions and then I would have a bank of, of feedback. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know that like with what I'm doing, I don't have an easy answer.
0: Yeah, but I hear some key components. There is like feedback, more frequent feedback from Google Doc and yeah. one-to-one conversation. And then there's a online learning assistant for home learning yeah. uh, materials. So that, that's really great. Um, and the you have a program called Social Change Maker. Would you mind telling us more about how you came up with this program and what kids can learn through this program?
1: Sure. I'd love to. I'm very excited about it. Um, so when we uh, we here in Ottawa, we were um, told that we wouldn't be going back to school uh, in March. Um, I have a daughter who is 12 and a daughter who is is eight. And uh, you know, we started the at-home learning, and her teachers, all both of their teachers, are phenomenal. And we're sending stuff home, um, and they had Zoom meetings. Um, but my kids were just really not engaged, and so I had actually thought about offering the Social Change Maker program uh, at our local community center, sort of in uh, face-to-face um, before this all happened. So, so obviously, the face-to-face couldn't happen. And just in talking to some friends and my sister, you know, she's got young kids and whatever. I said, you know, what if I did this, you know, online? What if I offered it online? Would anybody be interested? And so it just kind of started from there. And we ran a 10 week program uh, from April to June um, where I had kids from Ontario, Quebec and uh, England and Scotland in the program. We had 21 kids. And the whole concept behind the social change maker program is very similar to um, what I've done uh, in the past. I've created what I call the social change maker model, um, where the kids learn about their strengths, their, what motivates them, uh, what they're passionate about. Uh, I introduce them to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals where we sort of delve in and look at different issues that are, uh, you know, throughout the world, but also um, right here in our own communities. We invite people who are trying to do things to help with the the SDGs. Um, So we have a lot of not-for-profits who come in and share what they're doing um, and and tell us all about that. And then from there, the kids uh, connect with... um, not-for-profit organizations or come up with what they're passionate about and we learn to uh, create solutions and we take action. Um, So right now so we finished that first program uh, it was 10 weeks and right now we're just kind of coming to the tail end of a second program Um, and we have some really really cool projects happening. We've got two different uh, video series that go on one about mental health one about the uh, LGBTQ plus community Um, And then we have two other projects uh, that are uh, really dealing with uh, anti-racism, one where boys are using Minecraft, uh, where they're going to hold a virtual march, um, and uh, people are going to march by by different historical protests, um, you know, relating to civil rights. And then another group of girls who are hockey players are trying to get a, a movement going where... Um, they look at racism in hockey. Um, so it's really, really exciting. And we're, you know, connected to lots of different people in the community. And like I said, they work with not-for-profit organizations. Um, yeah. And the kids, the kids in the program are, that I'm working with are between the ages of 11 and 14. Uh, but then we also offer, uh, a program, uh, for younger kids. My youngest daughter is in it, uh, and that's ages seven to nine. Uh, Where they're not working on quite as big projects, they have a theme each week and they do a little uh, action by the end of the week to help that particular theme uh, as a group. Um, So yes, a lot's going on. And uh, in the fall, um, I know that uh, you had said I was the founder of Unlearn Academy, but we're just uh, right now going through um, a a rebrand and yes. yeah. And uh, we are now called Rise Academy. And uh, we, I'm going to be offering high school credits uh, for Ontario students uh, in
0: September. That's great. I'm curious about you mentioned lots of great projects that the kids can do in Social Change Um, So how did you help them to define the outcome they want? Because I feel like it's a big problem that they want to solve socially. Yeah. And it might be hard to, for kids to define a, a end goal. So I'm curious, how did you guide them throughout this process? Yeah. So
1: this is where, um, I don't even know what is like a backwards sort of model of, of, of providing instructions for, for students. Right. So, in a traditional classroom, you know, teachers create assignments and then it, it says, you know, goal tasks, uh, maybe there's a rubric, all that sort of thing. And they hand it to the kids and this here are your steps, this is what you have to do. So, uh, what happens in our social change maker program is uh, I, we go through the whole process of, you know, what do you care about? What are you good at? Um, and what motivates you? And from there, we look at an, an issue and we think, okay, well, how can we pair those things together? So like I said, I have this group of boys who love minecrafting, and they're great at it. And uh, so then from there, then we say, okay, well, what issue do you want to tackle? And they, they were really, you know, upset about everything happening uh, in the media and, and in our world related to racism. Um, and so then we connected with, Uh, A gentleman by the name of James Delaney, who is uh, on the board of of an organization called Block by Block, Uh, they use Minecraft to help um, uh, different uh, places in the world that have uh, poverty and they don't have green space. And anyways, long story short, they use Minecraft to um, rebuild these areas. And so we, we set up meetings with the kids and with these people and we brainstorm and we come up with, okay, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? What is your end goal? And so from there, as we do that, I, as the teacher, sit down and I take my notes and I listen to what they say and, you know, give suggestions. And then we together co-create their to-do lists. And each week we meet up at least once, if not twice To sort of check in, what did you get done? What do we do? Like, what are our next steps? Do we need another meeting? Um, And so it's just sort of like planning an event, but we do it together. And and I provide them with instructions that, like you said, as a kid, Mm -hmm. they may not think of certain things or they may not uh, know exactly what to do or where to go. And that's my job is to meet with them and to make sure that they they know what to do
0: wonderful so last few questions is there any books that influence a lot around your thinking it doesn't need to be any like books that are relevant to teaching but just in general that affect your own thinking process
1: yeah uh, where do I begin so um, I've got a, i I've got a bookshelf of these but I would say um, I mentioned Peter Gamwell. He's written the Wonder Wall. Uh, he's he's written that specifically for um, you know for educators, but also for business. Um, I haven't men- mentioned this gentleman yet, who has really really shaped a lot of what I've done. But his name is Don Wetrick, and he is in Indiana. Um, he's written a book called Pure Genius, and uh, I mean it's it's was my roadmap to to sort of where I am today. Um anything by Seth Godin. Um I love his books, they're short and to the point and uh I follow his blog. Uh very very um very good. Um there's some other authors here like I there's a local author her name is Jennifer Cassatod. Um and she's written a book called Social Media because that is something else that's Uh, a huge part of, uh, what, what I do is, uh, teaching the kids how to connect and to use social media in a, in a positive and a professional way. Um, so that has really influenced. And you know what, I, I mean, I've definitely jumped on the Brene Brown bandwagon. Uh, anything that she has to say, I love. Um, it's all about, you know, taking risks and, and being vulnerable. And, um, I think that's really, really important as an educator who's willing to, to make changes is that they need to be ready to be vulnerable and open themselves up and letting people know that I'm trying this, I'm not perfect. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I could yeah. go. I could, there's so many different <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's a yeah, I think that should be a really great lease for yeah, now. Good. So before we close up, do you have any other thoughts, programs, or workshops you want to share with our listeners? Um
1: I think that when, when you had sent me the questions, one of the uh, questions was advice for new teachers. Um, and I would I would love I would love for new teachers to, and I know it's scary going in, but try like right from the beginning, try something new, try something that scares you. Um, And, and for, um, you know, veteran teachers, same thing. I, I I write a blog, which I haven't written in a while, but uh, I've taken an Eleanor Roosevelt uh, quote and it's uh, do one thing every day that scares you. And I think that's really, really good advice to live by.
0: That's really, really great. So if people want to learn more about your work, how they can find you online?
1: Yeah. Uh, So on Twitter, I'm Mrs. R.
0: Chambers.
1: And I've just started up our Rise Academy um, social media. So you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And it's Rise Academy 2020. um, If they want to hear more about
0: uh, the different programs that we have. That's great. As I know there's a social change maker program. Any other programs that uh, you want to bring up? Uh,
1: just, yeah, in September, we're, it's, it's going to be our Rise Academy, the high school level. Um, it doesn't have a special name. Maybe I should give it a special name. I mean, they are social change makers too, but they're, they're different courses, uh, social science courses from um, the Ontario curriculum. So they can get credits that go towards their. Ontario Secondary School Diploma, Um, but then that will be, I'm just, we're just about, uh, we're close to launching our website. It'll be riseacademy.ca, so they can find us there.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for sharing your great work with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. (coughs) Thank you for listening. We will put the things mentioned in the interview to the show notes. If you enjoy our show, welcome to share and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.